Welcome to the Corbell Career Cast, the podcast from the Office of Career and Professional Development at the Joseph Corbell School of International Studies at the University of Denver. Today, we are joined by Brian Hockner, who's an international security student in the Corbell program, along with Matthew Shade, who's an associate at the Cadmus Group. Thank you for both being here today. For having me. Thank you very much, uh, Matthew. Thank you for for making time out of your very busy day. I, I know how wild DC can be, uh, so so thanks thanks for joining. So yeah, just a, a brief introduction: uh, your name, uh, when you graduated Corbell, what you studied, and then uh, how you got from from leaving Corbell to where you are now. So uh, my name is Matt Shade. As, as was said, I, I was a, a international security student at Corbell. Graduated in 2015, uh, somehow eight years ago, um, and uh, I'm currently an associate at, at a consulting firm called the Cadmus Group. Um, it was my my first position out of grad school. I've been I've been there for for the full time uh, ever since I left Corbell, uh, and I'm I'm looking forward to uh, sort of discussing my my experience with you and and any uh, answer any questions you might have. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so I, I was I was looking at your LinkedIn. It looks like in May it'll be four years as to be associate at at, at Chemist Group. Is that correct? Yeah. If you would ask me, I wouldn't have pulled that off the top of my head. It it, it time flies, but yeah, four years that that, that does track. <laughs> well, congratulations. That is uh, that is a hard hard fought victory for you. So, uh, congratulations in that in that for four years, man. Uh, that's great. So, so tell me, how did you, how did you get involved at first with Cadmus Group? And, and then how did you raise, uh, you know, go up the ranks to get to associate? I think I got into consulting the way a lot of people get into consulting, because I was not exactly sure what I wanted to do. I, I knew the subject areas that I was interested in, but there's really, you know, a lot of aspects to Homeland Security and emergency management that I wanted to try. And, you know, some people narrow down their ideas during grad school. I, I mine, mine expanded as I learned new things, got exposed to new things. I, there were more and more things I wanted to try. So consulting was ideal because, you know, as a junior employee, you, you get to try a lot of new things. You might be supporting three or four different contracts dealing with, you know, pretty substantially different uh, types of work. And it could really help expose you to, to new things that you might not have even thought of before, you know, different paths you want to pursue in the future. So I, I found a few consulting firms that did the kind of work I was interested in. And, and thankfully, Cadmus had a, a position open that that checked all the boxes, uh, and, and I started sort of at the at the bottom floor. I started as a research analyst and um, and le learned a whole lot. I'll tell you that. That's just, I I love hearing stories about people who come in on the ground floor and work their way up. I feel you do get a great perspective um, as to how the company functions. I've been there myself in different places, and so I, I totally get it. Uh, what were those boxes? I'm curious, you know, you, you came from Corbell and I know you came with it with an image, an idea of what you wanted to do. Um, and you didn't really exactly know. I, I can relate. What, what were those things that you were like, this, this has to be on the job. This is what I'm going to want to do every day. Two things come to mind. First, you know, with any entry level position, you have to wonder, you know, is this Am I getting coffee? Right. You know, something like that. And it became very clear, you know, before I even interviewed that, you know, you you the responsibilities at the junior level were real responsibilities with some weight behind them there. You know, it, you you were expected to to perform professionally and do a lot of a lot of things beyond you know, what, what some people might dread from like the worst case scenario of an entry level position. Um, and, and the other aspect of it was the the clients we were working with. Uh, I, I was particularly interested uh, at the time, especially at 
the federal level, uh, and and Cadmus's clients were primarily federal uh, throughout the the sort of broad broad world of emergency management. Uh, so I I was looking through the website. They you know typically consulting firms will identify who their key clients are, and they were you know many of the same ones I studied at Corbell. So uh, those those were the two primary things. Was I, I knew when I went there I'd be doing something meaningful, and you know the the client space I was operating in was the one I was most interested in. Fantastic. So, so what do you think? Um, so I understand I, I, to be a consultant, uh, I've, I've known a few in my time. I've worked with a few in my time. They, uh, they always say the flexibility is key because you're, you're dealing with a number of different clients, a number of different situations. What are the skills that coming out of Corbell you felt helped you the most succeed in the professional world? Yeah, good question. So I would say first one that comes to mind is project management, um, which is, you know, it's a it's a buzzword that's often thrown around, but all, all you know, it's just the pro process of organizing and directing a team to achieve what some some list of, of project outcomes with whatever constraints are are in the the environment, um, while also mitigating risk and, and kind of adapting as you go. So, you know, it's a formal skill set. You can get certifications in project management and all that, but that's that's not necessary. You know, a lot of it comes down to being organized, always thinking about the next step or, or ideally, you know, many steps ahead uh, and what you need to do to get there, finding the most efficient ways to align resources to a specific task. So Sort of, sort of a, a soft skill, but I think it's probably the most important one and then the one that often our clients are lacking and get the most benefit from us. Uh, I would also say, you know, a few things, you know, being an analytical thinker, uh, being able to break down problems into manageable pieces, you know, if you're being comfortable, taking a given problem or question, identifying what information you need to collect to answer it, and then developing a, a cogent plan for analyzing that information and reporting on it. Um, so whether it's more rigorous quantitative analysis skills, that's great. Uh, but uh, also just as important, you know, the, the qualitative analysis, being able to to identify gaps in a in, in a process or deficiencies that that can be overcome, you know, is an important skill. Um, what else? I would say. Being a succinct and direct writer, I, I think the the style of writing that you do most commonly in academia is is more descriptive, longer, you know, long sentences. You're trying to pack as much information as you can into into a, a, a report or a, a paper. But I think the ability to then do the opposite of that and take you know large amounts of information and summarize it very succinctly into small bite-sized chunks using more simple language that maybe you don't always you know uh, do in academia. That that's something that I, I think is also a skill set. There, there were some great intelligence classes I can recall from Corbett that taught, um, you know, writing for intelligence. And even though I don't do intelligence work, uh, uh, the same style and, and, and approach to writing applies, you know, the, the BULF, bottom line up front. Uh, so I would say, I would say those, those are, are pretty important as well as just being a clear communicator, whether that be verbally or in writing and, and being able to tailor your communications to given audiences, taking, you know, the same presentation and knowing how to deliver it to a senior audience versus an audience of, you know, staff level feds that, that are, you know, in the, the nitty gritty of the work. Uh, th those, that, th those four things I think are, are key sort of top level skills that are pretty, pretty vital. Absolutely. So uh, if, if you may humor me for a moment, cause I, in the fall, I'll be taking that intelligence writing course. Uh, with, with Professor Rekka, shout out. I, uh, what is the longest document 
for this job that you've had to write? I'm very, I'm very curious. I'm kind of an exception to the rule. Uh, uh, most of the, the projects I'm working on currently are developing doctrine for FEMA. So by necessity, we're writing longer, you know, long wrong written pieces of of guidance doctrine policy whatever it may be but i would say you know outside of the specific project that i'm working on um you're you're looking at two pages that that's common that most of what you're doing if it's longer than two pages um you'll either be asked to shorten it because you know whatever senior leader at at that department of homeland security doesn't have time to read something longer or you'll you'll uh, you know, be asked, you know, can you can you make this a PowerPoint? Can you make this a, a quick briefing? Something like that. So I would say mo most of the writing that you'll do is going to be short and and to the point. Um, it's gonna, it'll be dense. You know, you'll, you're trying to fit as much as you can into into the, that that small area. But um, you know, with the, unless you're doing specific doctrine development work, um, the the writing is is much more concise. I and that is that checks out. <laughs> that yeah, I believe out. my professor was was Dr. Rekha as well. So uh, if you if you if you see him, let him know I have found a great value in his course, even though I do not do any intelligence work. <laughs> I that that brings me joy to my heart, and I I will let him know. Uh, that is so so actually this does this does segue. So you've never worked with intelligence work. You've worked with with Homeland Security and FEMA. Um, what is that? Trying to communicate with the federal government, trying to almost you know, herd cats, because DHS is a huge organization. Um, I've actually had the, the privilege to work there in the past. I know how unwieldy it can be. What is the kind of mindset as a consultant who's coming in to try to fix a problem? What is the mindset you have to go into when you're dealing with a large government bureaucracy like FEMA or DHS? Find your... Uh... I don't know what the best term is. Your your thought leaders or your 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 influencers, to use a, a modern term. You know, there within any organization that large, there's going to be a wide range of people you're you're engaging with. You know, some people are there to you know to to do their eight hours and get out. Others are are there to kind of drive organizational change. And I, I think if you're you're trying to make the most impact you can and be as effective as you can. In, in an organization, as you say, as huge as Department of Homeland Security or, or even you know any of the component agencies, it's finding those those people that that within the agency that not only you trust and know are you know smart and 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 competent in all their their duties, which is that's the easy part, but also finding the people that have the inclination to uh, you know take your advice and 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 listen to the the people you know they pay us money to to provide services and the people that that. Uh, often are the best to engage with or are the ones that recognize the value you bring. So it's it's finding finding those people who can move topics forward or, or processes forward or or have follow through in what they do. You know, they, they they'll finish what they start. It, it can be challenging, but once you once you start getting you know more acquainted with the people, it, it it becomes a lot easier. So I think that that would be my my biggest piece of advice is find, you know, find the people within those big unwieldy organizations that know how to maneuver it and leverage them as much as you possibly can. Mm. Yeah. And as, as much as people will often take a cynical take towards these large organizations, I, I, I speak from my own experience and from others that there are people who care and there are people who want to really get that job done. And, and that's why in the end of the day, a lot of us don't don't take these kind of jobs because there's not there's not a big paycheck at the end, but it's about, you know, the work and, and the pride you get in that. Um, 
you, so, you can't work in emergency management if you're not if you're not passionate because it, it will you know a hurricane pops up then suddenly that is your your 24 hour commitment for weeks or months and and you know you, you have to enjoy what you're doing or or you'll you'll lose your mind. Oh, absolutely, uh, especially especially in such a dark uh, you know a dark situation. And there's no lack of that. Um, there's no lack of these emergency management situations that are popping up, especially with our our changing climate and more of the focus that our countries put on that. So. In, in your experience, what, when you're in the situation, when you're in, you know, you're in the, uh, you're in it, right? Uh, what is a day like for you as a consultant in when, when you're in that emergency situation, when you're go, 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 it's 24 seven, what's that day look like? Uh, I would say it is rare, even outside of those, you know, emergency circumstances, even on a, a normal day, it is rare to have two days that look alike. Um, so, you know, currently I, I devote most of my time to supporting, as I mentioned, the development of FEMA doctrine and policy or, along with some program evaluation. So on any given day, I, I might be working closely with emergency management staff at FEMA to collect information, or I could be, you know, on the back end, you know, nose down in a document with my team, taking the information that I collected uh, and, you know, drafting, conducting analysis or, or drafting some, some doctrine or policy for the broader workforce. Uh, you know, just today I was on a, a fairly long working group with representatives from, I think, seven or eight different federal agencies working on a, an emergency response plan uh, that 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 is uh, an, an interagency emergency response plan, which is, you know, uh, very different than what I'll probably be doing tomorrow. I, I think tomorrow might be uh, approving invoices and doing more administrative things that I had to put off because of this. This came up today. So, and that's a normal day, you know. During if, if there's a you know a hurricane or during COVID, you know, it was a multi-year you know uh, emergency, especially during that first year when when people were still getting their feet under them. That could be you know w- within the hour things are changing. We'll, we'll get a, a request for a particular analysis, and by the time you're you've gotten started on it. 10 new things have changed, you know, new legislation has dropped, new policies have dropped. So it's a lot of, of maintaining situational awareness of what's going on around you while also being comfortable with the uncertainty and moving forward with what you're working on, knowing yeah, this is an emergency. So things, things will change, priorities will change. So it's hard to nail down a, a given day. And that's kind of what, what I like about the, the, the work, you know, is, is, I, I get bored easily. So uh, the, the, the more the more variety I have in my day, the better. And, and there's plenty in this in this field and in consulting writ large, I think. That is so you're lighting, yeah, deciding which fires to put out first. That is a, a huge part of the consulting world. Um, and I've trust me, I've been there. Um, so as would you consider yourself a manager as an associate? Yeah, the, the, uh, at Cadmus, uh, the, the associate is sort of the first rung of the management uh, positions. Gotcha. So, so I guess I want to shift a little bit to, to more of hiring and thinking about students who are coming out of Corbell um, and, and lo- they're looking to their future. Maybe they don't know what they want. As a manager like yourself, you have, you know, little fires every day. You have a di- every day is different. What is the kind of person you're looking for? to fill the roles you need to accomplish your goals in this firm? Good question. Um, I, you know, the, the work we do is very, is very, uh, well, it's varied, you know, it, it, everything from Homeland Security and emergency management in our sector, we do public health, international development, transportation, energy, environment, you name it. Uh, so th- th- there are certain, you know, despite that variation, you know, there, there's certain basic qualities I think that will make you more likely to succeed at Cadmus and probably in the consulting world in general. Um, First and foremost, being a fast learner, um, by which I, you know, a lot of what we do, especially early in a project, is 
I like to say, you know, you have to learn about 30% of any given topic very quickly, just enough to be dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. And and enough to be able to listen to the people that do this every day, you know, the, the feds that they're that spend their their entire careers on a, on a given topic and taking all the information out of their head and translating it for different purposes, whether it's for an analysis you're doing or for a piece of guidance or or, or policy you're writing. So b- being able to quickly jump in with both feet and and sort of not only you know, learn quickly, but sort of be comfortable in that setting. A lot of people don't enjoy that, you know, but I think the people that do tend to tend to thrive in consulting, uh, I would say um, problem solvers. Uh, you know, a, a lot of what we do at its essence is solving problems for our, our clients, you know, the, and so the people that not only enjoy solving problems, but are also comfortable doing so in a really ever-changing risk landscape and, and doing so when you might not have all the data you need immediately uh, are, are really, uh, you know, people that, that tend to excel, you know, people who like to lean forward into problems and tackle different, different problems rather than um, people who, who maybe, you know, feel more comfortable devoting their time to a, a, a single thing for, for many years. I can, I definitely see the allure of that, but that, that is, that is uh rare to have that privilege in consulting. Wow. That's yeah. Those are really, really important. So uh, one more question before uh, we're a bit at time Uh, in the next 18 months, how do you see hiring in this field uh, evolving? Do you see a a lot of hires coming on is, I mean, people have been talking about this recession that is going to come at some point, what do you see in terms of opportunities uh, coming forward? Yeah, uh, I, I think, you know, government consulting, government contracting in particular is, especially at the federal level, uh, you know, it has been pretty resilient to recessions historically, um, certainly not immune, but, but you know, uh, d- even during the height of COVID, you know, when most companies were struggling, even in consulting, we actually grew one more work than ever because of the, the nature of the consulting we do, right? You know, emergency management, homeland security, these are fields that are are growing pretty pretty rapidly, particularly in the in the emergency management side of things. You know, n- not only are there more disasters and, and and incidents occurring every year, but the sphere of what falls under the purview of emergency management as a field is growing as well. You know, a decade ago, thought things like uh, un- unaccompanied minors coming over the southwest border or. Uh, the, the the water crisis in Flint, Michigan, none of those things would have would have been viewed as an emergency management problem, whereas nowadays they're bread and butter practically. They're 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 day in and day out, you know, very common things. Public health, you know, used to used to obviously have links with with emergency management, but now, you know, after COVID, you know, uh, they're 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 directly related. They're practically synonymous um, in, in in many perspectives. So I think you know hiring I can say for for our our company I, is certainly going to continue at a, a fairly rapid clip, and I think industry wide, um, on you know it's it's one of those things where I I wish we were out of business, right? Where there there were there were all of the emergency management problems had been solved, but that that is not the world we live in. And, uh, they are they are ever growing, and uh, I think as a result, the need for for consultants, uh, you know, by the government, by other private companies, by academia, you know, is, is just going to increase. And, and uh, especially as people come to understand what emergency management is, right? It, it It's uh, f- in the grand scheme of things, it's a new field. You know, it's only a few decades old. It, it evolved out of firefighting traditionally and, and it became its own, own, its own beast, so to speak. So um, as, as companies are getting more familiar with it and, and the value it brings, it's, it's, um, it's trending in an upwards direction. I'll t- I can say that. 
Fantastic. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for, for taking your time out of your day and, and coming and supporting this podcast. Thank you. Very happy to speak with you. Yeah. Well, and thank you, Brian and Matt. We always love having our alum come back and share their experience. Um, it's so interesting to hear how diverse the consulting world is, especially from a security lens. So we really appreciate that today. And it's always great to have a shout out to our faculty as well. So thank you for that. And thank you to our listeners. And we hope you'll join us next time here on the Corbell Career Cast.